0: Lots of chatter about uh, about transportation and infrastructure and how things are changing in southern Ontario and of course the greater Toronto-Hamilton area. And now HOT lanes are coming at the end of the summer to Ontario. And uh, this is a stretch of road uh, along Burlington and Oakville uh, that is now an HOV lane that will be converted into an HOT lane. A pro- apparently, the province says approximately 1,000 applicants will be su- uh, selected to purchase the permits through a draw. These permits will cost you 180 bucks for a three-month term. That's 60 bucks a month to drive the HOV lanes. Uh, which are in that area between Burlington and Oakville? Are there going to be a lot of people that are going to throw their sixty dollars a month for the three months, adding up to one hundred and thirty, or sorry, one hundred eighty dollars for a three month ride in an HOT lane along that strip? Jonathan Hall is with us, assistant professor in the Department of Economics at the University of Toronto, and is with us now. Good afternoon, Jonathan. How are you today?
1: Doing well. How about
0: yourself? Good. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate this. Is there a demand for this HOT lane? Do you think customers will be, be lining up to pay?
1: So I think absolutely. Everywhere around the world they've done this. You find Usually there's like a ramp-up period where demand is low at the start, but as people kind of figure out how it works and figure out what they need to do to get access to it, people are willing to spend their money to get out of traffic.
0: Is it as much of an advantage for, like, the example of this stretch of road between Oakville and Burlington uh, for that one stretch? I mean, yeah, 180 bucks for three months, that's a steep price to pay.
1: No, I think that's a great point. Um, certainly, if people are willing to pay more, if they could get you know, all the way to work, right? If this was going all the way to downtown, uh, that would be a lot more valuable. This is going to let you skip congestion on one part of the road, um, but it's not letting you skip all of it. Uh, and so I agree that, you know, How much are you willing to pay to skip on that little bit? I don't know.
0: I've uh, driven the stretch of road during rush hour, and there's times when, you know, the HOV lane is open, and there's times when it's just as clogged. Again, is it worth, do you think people will pay money for, uh, you know, it's not like you're getting on an LRT and going down to the other end. I mean, it stops and starts, too.
1: So that's where, you know, the province is at the point where they're kind of taking baby steps with this. And the way they're designing it is, you know, open to that potential problem where the HOT lane is just or maybe not as bad as the regular lanes, but is still clogged. Uh, you know, looking down the road, uh, where I'd hope they get is where they have kind of dynamic prices. So the toll, instead of paying a flat fee for a permit, the toll would kind of be changing every six minutes or so. Uh, and even then, you might even not let carpools go free and just say they get maybe some, like, percentage discount. Then you can alter that price to make sure that those hot lanes always give you, you know, the ability to travel kind of free-flow conditions. Uh, but with the way they're doing it now, it's open to that problem.
0: Uh, so is there a way to open up an HOT or an HOV lane where there isn't traffic congestion? I mean, at the end of the day, won't everything get full?
1: Uh, so I misheard part of that. So is there a way to have an HOT lane without ch- congestion? Yes. Yeah, like uh, if you look at Minneapolis and L.A., they have these where they're, they're up and running now. And the price updates kind of essentially in real time. Sometimes it's like every six minutes, and that's, that's close enough to real time. Uh, and so it keeps it free-flowing because, if, you know, sometimes the price gets high uh, because lots of people want to use the lane. Right. But it keeps it moving, and that's good because it means those, you know, in the end of the day, there's not enough road for all of us to use at once. And we kind of have to figure out a way to allocate it to those people who have the most need for it. And so that might be you know you on your way to the airport tomorrow or me on my way to pick up my kids from daycare uh, next week.
0: So uh, talk a little bit about this technology because I understand, I'm, I'll read a quote here, the pilot will be used to inform long-term planning for future HOT lane implementation and will also support Ontario's innovation sector by providing an opportunity to test emerging traffic management and tolling technologies. This is what you're speaking of, correct?
1: So uh, the, the thing they're doing now is kind of, is just a baby step, right? It's just a, oh, you're going to have some placard in your car that says you're able to go. Now, what people have done other places is they do things like, you know, you have the transponder used for the Pro 7. You could have something like that in your car. Right. And then we'd have, you know, a changeable message sign over the highway that's updating saying, hey, if you want to take the HOT lane all the way to downtown, it's going to cost you 6 bucks or 5 right. bucks or 2 bucks. And then you can switch which lane you're in, depending on whether you're willing to pay. Another thing people talk about is having basically a little GPS device in your car. And then that's just kind of tracking where you are, and it'll bill you. And then you don't need the, the gantries over the road to detect who's in the lanes. That obviously opens up different privacy concerns. Uh, and people have had proposed solutions that would avoid that, but it ends up Yeah, there's trade-offs with these different technologies.
0: So, in other words, if you're driving in congested traffic, you'll go underneath the screen and it will tell you the HOT lane is open from here to here. If you want to drive it, this is how much it will
1: cost you. Exactly.
0: Uh, Is this just diverting water from one stream to another? I mean, uh, at the end, do they not all fill up? Is there really that much of an advantage to this?
1: So there is, and I think your example you gave kind of helps illustrate uh, why this isn't just water we're dealing with? Because this is people's choices. Right. And so one of the big benefits of a hot lane, and of just kind of adding a price to the road, is it gives people an incentive to change their behavior. Right. And so with this, so imagine there's a hot lane, and now I th- I might say, hey, I don't want to pay six bucks to go all the way downtown, but maybe I'll start carpooling. And why? Because then I can split that toll among my friends. Mm-hmm. And so and you say, wait, we already have HOV oh, lanes. Why is a hot lane going to encourage carpooling even more? And I say, actually, yes, because it means what if, you know, tomorrow morning me and you are going to carpool together, Scott, but you call up and say, hey, I'm sick. Well, I might not want to carpool because, like, some days I can count on you and some days I can't. Now with an HOT lane, you know, even the days you're sick and can't carpool, I can do it. Another way you might change your behavior is you might say, hey, you know, I know that I can, if I leave early, just like I'll be traffic today, I can leave early and kind of pay a really low price. So it'll get people to change their behavior mm-hmm. about when they travel. And the third benefit is that there's actually this weird thing with traffic. Do is-
0: people really have that much option, though? I mean, you know, that, I think that's what, uh, Jonathan, what a lot of people have a, have a hard time with is they don't have time to – uh, you, you know, to, to navigate their route every day and decide whether they're going to do this or going to do that, or, I mean, there just isn't that much alternative. People have to get to work. They have to get there the fastest possible way. Do you, you know, you know, yeah. even, even so with the- even with carpooling, you know, are we really seeing a, a drastic uptick in the amount of people who are carpooling?
1: Uh, so the nice thing is, so you're right, like probably 70% of us, or in surveys I've done about 60% of us, kind of don't have much of a choice about when we get to work, right? Right. Like, work starts at 9 or 8, and that's when you show up. But there's a lot of us, so, you know, I'm an academic, so my job is totally flexible. I could show up at work at 4 in the morning, I could show up at 10 as long as I'm there for when classes are in session. The rest of the time, like, I kind of work, I can get my work done whenever. Right. And there's a lot of people like that. And so, you're right, there's a number of people who can't change their schedule, but there are people who can, and... You know, if you get 10% of people kind of changing their behavior, you can get traffic better for everyone else.
0: How ma- are there stats that say how many people have been encouraged to carpool as a result of HOV lanes? Like, you know, when I'm sitting there and people are driving by me in an HOV lane and I've just got myself in the vehicle, how many people am I looking at that have actually stopped, called somebody, parked somewhere, picked somebody up and are carpooling?
1: Uh, that is a great question, and I don't have the answer right in front of me.
0: Do we, we? Can we really make any of these decisions until we have that information? Because again, as a person that drives the stretch of road all the time. Most of the people I'm seeing in the HOV lanes look like people that would normally have more than one person in their car anyway, like families and minivans and and, and, and work people and work vehicles and such. I mean, are we really, of all the people that are using the HOV lanes, how many people would have more than two people in their car anyway, and how many people are we actually encouraging to carpool?
1: So I agree that is a really important question, and this is one way in which HOT lanes are better than HOV lanes, because with HOV lanes, we have this issue of like, hey, you just kind of dedicate road space to this group of people who maybe we didn't need to, you know, dedicate road space to, and then you end up with unused capacity, right? There's times the HOT lane, sorry, the the carpool lane, the HOV lane, it isn't just that, you know, it's not congested, it's almost empty, and you're sitting in traffic, and you're like, wait, I wish I could be over there. And an HOT lane, the toll lane, avoids that because, we again, basically we sell off that extra capacity. Um, but as far as the broad question... So
0: is, this, you know, so is this the only way to get people to use the HOT lane uh, because they're not going to carpool, so now they're going to pay to do it? And then now because they're paying to do it, and especially if it involves a transponder, we can monitor the traffic on the HOT or V-lanes?
1: Uh, so I would maybe uh, change the premise of the question a little bit, and I'd say, actually, like economists have studied for over 90 years kind of how to deal with traffic congestion. Mm-hmm. And in the end, like, you can build new lanes and more people just drive. Mm-hmm. And you can build transit and you end up just, like, a few people switch, and then you get more suburban houses and more people drive. If you want to deal with c- traffic congestion, the only way we've shown to fix it is by making people pay for the costs they impose on each other. So just like you have to pay to ride the subway, you should have to pay to ride the, drive on the road, and so economists would say, no, this is just a great first step to you know maybe the economist fairyland where all the roads are priced. But maybe it's this also a compromise between people saying, hey, you know, we're not all economists, uh, we don't want to pay for our roads. You say, well, let's maybe have some of the lanes free and some of the lanes priced. It's a compromise that lets some people avoid traffic and other people say, hey, I'd rather just not pay a toll, even if it means I have to sit in traffic. Hmm.
0: Uh so so again you know I keep going back to that you know I remember when when the government decided to bring in HOV lanes it was all about the environment it was all about getting people out of their cars and into carpooling now it appears that we're taking that same lane that really hasn't taken off that well because I don't think that many people have changed their behavior, behavior and are starting to carpool. I think it's most of the people that would have had more than one people in the, person in their car anyway that are using it. And now, of course, we're taking that lane that was supposed to get people to carpool, and now we're allowing people to pay to get into that. So it's gone from becoming an environmental issue to a revenue stream.
1: So the issue of whether it's a revenue stream... Uh, so it certainly is a, uh, it raises revenue. I mean, that's certainly true. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm new enough to Toronto to not be willing to make a statement of whether this is you know, a kind of a cash grab. But I would say this is like a good policy, uh, even if the money doesn't end up being used perfectly well. But better yet, it's like we have massive financial deficits at all levels of our government. And if this is a chance to kind of – it will help with pollution. Even like hot lanes reduce pollution, we could just reduce the stop and go. It will, and it raises some revenue. Maybe if
0: you open up the lane, it would
1: reduce the stop-and-go. <laughs> if you open up the lane. If you open up the other HOV lane. To, like, regular traffic? Yeah. Oh, it, just, it would just get filled up and be stop and go like all the other lanes.
0: Yeah, I, you know, again, I just, you know, I don't see how, and again, I use the, you know, the example of the river flowing. I mean, you know, sooner or later, when does it get to a point where there's so many people using the HOT lane that it's
1: not a value anymore? where the nice thing about having the flexible prices help and so because the key thing about so the prices would adjust so the kind of people say hey i'm willing to shift my behavior to avoid this and you know there's lots of things in life where you know we'd all love to live downtown Uh, we can't and how does this like society avoid having just all of us camped in tents downtown as well Housing prices are high downtown, and they're cheaper in the suburbs. And so people choose voluntarily to have long commutes because they yeah. save on housing. Yeah. In the same way, people, if we had tolls on the road, people would say, hey, I'm going to voluntarily choose to leave early or maybe go in later than I'd like to kind of save money on my toll. Mm-hmm. And you're right that not everyone can choose to do that. Uh, but enough people can that it would make a difference.
0: Uh, I guess this is no different than going to uh, Disney World and getting a fast pass and going to the front of the line.
1: Yeah, it's
0: very similar to that. Uh, is there any way to actually measure uh, the success of these? I mean, you know, you're talking about technologies and whether you're using transponders or whatever they're going to do to, to be able to monitor this. But, you know, uh, we talked about that there's no real data about seeing how many people are carpooling and whether, you know, all the money spent on that has even worked. Uh, can, we, can we move forward with this without having that information?
1: So we can we can collect that information, and just to be clear, I'm just not aware of the data like yeah. right in front of me on mm-hmm. the effectiveness of carpooling and encouraging carpooling. So just be clear that's a point of my ignorance, not a point of like right. what we know. Do we think that information is out there? Do we or are they I collecting so.
0: information on that?
1: I think so, uh, and I also think with this kind of thing, I think one of their goals is to say you know. Let's figure out how do we want to measure the effectiveness of uh, HOT lane. Mm-hmm. And I think the way you do it is you say, hey, are we providing a reliable, you know, the goal would be something like what we want is these lanes as full as we can while keeping traffic moving well, right? right. So you want to, like, maximize the number of cars in the lane without getting stop and go. Right. Uh, and if you can do that better than you were before, uh, then that, and that alone is a win. It means you're getting some, more people downtown or more people to their destinations faster. And that's a good thing.
0: When will the technology be in place to monitor these? Uh, I guess, is this part of the ongoing experiment on this stretch of road, where they are, mon- they are using this technology?
1: So I don't know enough about the provinces plan. I do know that the technology to do it exists, and right. it's totally possible. Uh,
0: will this, is this a long enough stretch to get an accurate uh, sample? I mean, what do they hope, what do you think they will find using uh, this test project between Burlington and Oakville?
1: Uh, So I'm kind of with you there. I wish it was a lot longer of a stretch because I think we'll be limited in what we learn because it's so short. Um, I mean, maybe being more... yeah. I'm not the politician, so I can be open. I'd say I would guess that half their goal with this pilot is to get Toronto used to the idea of having HOT lanes Mm -hmm. more than figuring out, does it work in Toronto? In part, because we have the experience of dozens of cities around the world showing that it works. right? Uh, I don't think we need one more study on one stretch of roads in Toronto uh, right. to decide whether hot lanes work.
0: I, okay, I understand what you're saying. Um, so, Will... What will determine whether this is a success or not, uh, although, as you said, it's it's more likely to be being used to get us used to this sort of thing. But will demand, I mean, you know, what you, you think these things will sell out quite quickly. Uh, what if they don't? I mean, will we see prices come down? Will we see prices go up? And the, at the end of the day with this experiment, the demand for these permits will really tell the tale, won't it?
1: Definitely, 100%.
0: Yeah. And you're convinced that these will sell out in no time?
1: Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in the first month it's slow, but I think by the third month they'll be selling out.
0: And you think that? Uh, what is your comment on the price? Too high? Too low? About right?
1: Uh, I would guess they're probably even low. And my guess is they're charging it low because they want it to sell out. Right. I, to be honest, I just I'm new enough to Toronto to not know enough about like that segment right. of road to be able to kind of feel really comfortable answering that. All
0: right, Jonathan Hall has been with us, assistant professor in the Department of Economics at the University of Toronto. Hot lanes coming at the end of the summer to Ontario. Uh, these were announced back in December and, of course, uh, all part, part of a larger pilot project. Jonathan, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated.
1: Thank you.